Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. And I'm Nicole. Hey, look at that. We've got the three founders of Digible here today. Uh, so today's episode is an ode to 2020. Uh, last year, it's inspired by a poem that Reed wrote that was an ode to 2019. So we're just doing a, a look back on 2020 from the standpoint of Digible, the company. And uh, we were just saying off air that this episode is really more for for the three founders, for us as a like a to keep in memory of where we're at as a placeholder. Um, those that that are close to us know that um, our whole darn world is almost wrapped up in digital, and we've struggled to keep track of what the heck is happening day to day. So we thought um, this style podcast really helps us out to go back in in the years ahead. So uh, if the rest of you don't like it, then pound sand or something. I don't care. This is for us, not for you. <laughs> uh, but Reed, if they do want to not pound some sand, what what the heck are we going to talk about today? Well, all sorts of, uh, I guess, predictable categories. Um, biggest impact, reflecting on people, um, moments that made us laugh, you know, um, made us cry. Although I don't think we got to that part, uh, which is good. Um, Did you, you cry? Know, even though I have Dick Vermeil up here. Yeah. It's kind of easy these days to get me going. Uh, but it is fun, you know, and I encourage, I mean, I, I think I've shared this with you guys, like I'm starting to do more of this with my daughters, just trying to capture the moment. Um, it's one of those cool things these days about, you know, being able to stand up a podcast so quickly and, and have real informal raw like conversation. And you mentioned a lot of our listeners really appreciate that. And I hope they do, you know, um, certainly not scripted. I love, that's part of what I love, you know, about this whole thing, but it's nice to do it with, you know, your family and, and friends. So I just encourage people like, as you hear this, like think about your loved ones and try and start something similar. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, originally, <clears throat> even though there are the COVID restrictions, we thought all three of us would be in the office to record this. And I did not tell you, Reed, or you, Nicole, but we have that bottle of champagne that Andy signed and gave to us. And I was like, I think it might be the day. <laughs> might be the day that I have a sip of the champagne, but you guys missed the window, so we'll have to find some other occasion. I'm going to adjust my bold predictions for 21 then and include that you'll have some champagne. Oh, yeah. Toward what? I mean, Reed gave a, a Q2 for one of his predictions. So what, what's your prediction on this one? I mean, by the time we're all together again, maybe Q3. Q3. Q4. And do you know what it's related to? Any number of the milestones we'll, <laughs> we've outlined in this episode. When yeah. we open up the the second suite, suite A. Yeah, that's a good one. Are we, we could do like a ribbon cutting ceremony or a shovel in the ground or whatever. Right. Put, our, put our hands in the, you know cement oh yeah 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 um well nicole what else do we cover in this episode I mean, we definitely talk about the pandemic and how it's shifted the business but maybe not in a way you would have thought and um that that led to a lot of i think surprises for 2020 but also um at least for me what i've been most proud of so you know what we we missed uh reed said laughed and cried let me ask you first nicole but what do you remember what made you laugh the, the most this year? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I know, I know reads or I feel like I have reads, but Reed, do you want to give what, what you can, uh, about the interview, um, uh, oh interview? <laughs> oh my God. How in the world did that? I was like, where's he going with this? Um, and if you didn't, if you didn't poke me about Lurch, uh, I, I, I'm ashamed to say I may not have remembered that. Um, yeah, I don't know what you want me to say about it because there's not a lot I can probably, or, or I, I should like you could say you're not, if you're not saying names, I feel like it's still, yeah. well, Lurch had an interview. I think it was for the data engineer position or one of them, uh, not the data scientists, but it doesn't make a difference. Uh, candidate had a very perverse, uh, image on the background, like in the zoom and didn't realize it. Uh, Lurch had, was recording it cause there was some members of his team that were running late. So I got the privilege of getting to watch that and see Lurch's reaction, which man, the guy is a total pro. Like I'd never <laughs> would have kept it together the way he did. Um, but, uh, it took probably, I feel like at least a minute and a half 
I should have looked at the timing on that, but before he was able to swap out the background for a normal background image. And yeah, that was without a doubt the hardest I laughed uh, this year. Yeah. And 19, I think it was the, the Google visit. Uh, 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> but his, his reaction to this was like basically a duplicate, at least as far as I remember. But I think it was like a minute and a half. What I love about that is neither Lurch nor the candidate like brought it up. I mean, they both, like, and then, and then Bobby jumps into the interview, like right after the things get corrected and, uh, and they just carry on. And I, I don't know. I don't know that I could have asked a question, uh, like Lurch, how he went straight into it. You're right. I think pro is the only word you can give him. Yeah. No. And then it set off Miranda, my wife, uh, on like a week long investigation. <laughs> Cause she had just had to get to the bottom of it. She was like, there's too much unknown here that I, I have to have closure with. It's <laughs> like, okay. So she did come across some interesting, interesting, uh, uh, data points. I don't know how to put this. Um, I'll just leave it there. So yeah, very bizarre, um, bizarre interview. Yeah. Well, I feel like that had to be the laugh of the year. I had a laugh that I, where I was just a giggle factor, and I cannot remember what that was. But I remember it kind of freaked my team out. Um, I I was on some like team call, and I started telling them something, and I just couldn't stop myself. And I I I realized this as it was happening that my team is not used to seeing me laugh. That it's like, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm friendly enough, but it's like tends to be more like go go go. And uh, I could I could sense through the Zoom them being like the hell is happening right now and and that just made me laugh more because i just yeah it's like they're seeing this like maniacal like uh fellow on the other end just laughing and losing his mind and they're like all right he finally he finally broke (laughs) all right well anyways this uh if this episode seems seems uh, fun to you then uh, stay tuned Okay, 2020 review. Reed, I uh, didn't ask you this ahead of time, but I assume you have your uh, Ode to 2020 poem written already? <laughs> Not even started, my friend. Just <laughs> <laughs> kind of what happened last year. I think I wrote that, like, I don't know, in a few days during the Christmas break, and I'm sure I'll do it. Try it. Try to do it again this year. Yeah. Well, I had, when prepping for this episode, I had my first thing was trying to go back and find that poem that you wrote. So for those that don't know, uh, Reed last year started a tradition, which uh, I thought was a great tradition, but basically he just wrote a, a poem sometime over his Christmas break about what had happened in 2019. And uh, it was pretty good. I thought that was an awesome poem. I haven't read the whole thing back here yet. I was just trying to look for inspiration for this, for notes for this podcast. But um, yeah, it was like a seven page poem, at least on LinkedIn. But the fun fact is I couldn't find a copy of it. I thought you slacked it or emailed it, but I, maybe you just had read it to us over the phone. And I had to go all the way back in our LinkedIn a year ago. And we have posted a lot on LinkedIn this year. Mm-hmm. That Did you know that that was like the sixth post we ever did on LinkedIn? <laughs> really? Yeah. Our first post ever. Oh, wait. One, two, three, four. It was the fifth post we ever did. Our first post ever was a year ago uh, today or tomorrow, two days from oh. now. So basically, um, we're recording this on November 23rd, and November 25th was the first time we ever posted on LinkedIn, which Reed, considering that fun fact that you had, I think you've told the story before, you once, when we, it was just the three of us starting the company, you're like, we need some people, we need to like hire some people to be LinkedIn substitutes for us so we look bigger than we are. And uh, to think that you had thoughts that we need to look bigger on LinkedIn than we are, and we didn't post until November of last year. <laughs> It shows a major disconnect. I will not acknowledge or claim that uh, publicly, David. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought that was already a public uh, ad- omission or admission. I don't know. It probably is. it probably is, but um, that surprises me though because I feel like we had. I don't know. Maybe we we're just posting on our own pages because I remember the Google post. Obviously, was well before a year ago and mm-hmm. that one got a, a lot of traction. So unless, unless, uh, wait a minute, 
Maybe it's possible that LinkedIn doesn't let me look further than a year ago. I think so, man. I don't think <laughs> I don't think we posted our very. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, considering we hired most people from LinkedIn, I feel like we would definitely be posting. I, I was opening. You know what? I was surprised by this. I'm just going to say it's probably wrong. Then I was surprised by this fact, but at the same time, I didn't put it past us. I was like, it's possible <laughs> that we didn't that we didn't post anything. You're getting prepared for fatherhood. Those are the kinds of like bonehead statements that uh you know your kids like can't wait to pounce on i'll I'll say something like that like what a beautiful picture on the wall and they're like dad it's been there for like you know three years i'm like really (laughs) yeah well anyway there goes half the notes i prepared for this episode then (laughs) it's gonna be a good one Yeah, well, off to uh, a hot start. Yeah, yeah. Just off and running. <laughs> we just lost like ninety five percent of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you have as your number one note? Then, Reed, what was the biggest thing? Because I know you have you have six bullet points over there. So, what do you got? Well, it's what I said was going to be the biggest thing. I still stand by it being the biggest thing, which is the EOS uh, operating system or whatever. That that's your biggest what memory of the year or accomplishment of the year. Uh, no, not my biggest memory because, you know, it it was a a process and frankly still is a process. But as far as what I think had the greatest impact to the company, I I think it's fair. At least I would still say it was shifting into that, uh, mindset and that, that operating system. Well, for those, we never did that episode on it. So for those that don't know, you got to give the cliff notes now. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I think you had heard of it maybe a little bit before Andy had walked in with it. Um, but what is that? <laughs> Sounds like somebody's playing like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> so I have so to find notes for this podcast. I was pulling up our photo gallery or whatever. Like Nicole and I have a shared photo uh, thing on Google Photos, and it also happens to be I I give out a Google. Uh, a Google phone number to like all spam callers so that they don't actually call my real phone. And so that's, that's a spam caller trying to call into the podcast. <laughs> I should have answered it and we could have talked to them. That would have been good. That would have been a, you know, late night show type, uh, you know, segment. Yeah. All right. So EOS. Anyways. Yeah. EOS. So I, I remember it as Andy coming in with this big smile on his face and he was preparing for the summit. Um, cause he was going to be one of our speakers and he's, you know, kind of started off when he walked in and he just said, guys, have you heard about traction, you know, or something or EOS, whatever, however he put it in. I don't remember either one of us saying, yeah, you may have said it rings a bell, but, um, he was just giddy about it. And we both love Andy, you know, have a lot of respect for him. He's a professor at CU. Like I don't take his, that kind of enthusiasm lightly. And so it had both of us leaning in and then naturally you followed up and I didn't. So you spent some time researching it and eventually got around to reading it. And then I remember you bringing it back, uh, or mentioned it to me in, uh, December, I think, um, I can't remember when you got in front of Nicole, probably same time. And then, uh, when I spent a little more time with it and you explained it further to me, uh, yeah, those, that's when I was like, this is going to be the most important thing we do in 2020. And, uh, I think it was. Yeah, that was a big statement. So the, uh, it's from a book called traction as Reed said, it's acronym is EOS. So the entrepreneurial operating system, and it's just a way of like, of organizing the company where you set company vision and goals and direction. And then how does that filter down into quarterly objectives? And then, you know, what data points do you track week to week in each of your team meetings? Um, but I feel like that, I mean, biggest impact, I feel like you've got to be right. Nicole, would you, would you say anything different than EOS is the biggest impact? No, I had that as my number one thing too. And I give a um, honorable mention to Salesforce because we did not have Salesforce before January of 2020. And I don't think any of us would say that it had the biggest impact compared to EOS, but I think to just think back to all the Google Sheets we had is is kind of crazy. So I think moving to Salesforce and TaskRate was also a huge thing to mention for 2020. I will say there's a big qualifier here. I don't know if we would still be saying this if it weren't for 90, you know, um, because you, you had originally, I mean, we geeked out on the book and I think it was like West Coast trip where the three of us were talking about it and you you either just finished or whatever. And I don't know how much longer it took before you, you spotted 90, but I remember you saying, Hey, this, this, this could be really helpful. And now 
I mean, holy cow, I, I would have given up. I'm just telling you like the amount of like flip charts and all the crap that the books like now you got to get out your notebook. And it's like, that's just not us. And so if it weren't for 90, I don't think, I don't think we would have stuck with it. I agree. So, I don't think we can run meetings without 90 now. Like if there's a meeting that's not in 90, I'm like, wait, what do we do? So 90 is the is the web app that we use to keep track of all the different node systems meetings. So every meeting that we do is logged in this one system called 90IO. Um, and that's it's all built off of that book, EOS uh, Interaction. But um, you're right. It's funny, Reed. So I had the same memory back to Andy. Andy said it, and I had heard of Traction one or two times before, because you and I were trying to hire like some sort of person to organize the company. Everyone, we were like, we need a project manager. <laughs> we, you know, this is what we need to organize our lives. We didn't need a project manager. We needed like a, a system, frankly, but we didn't know what else to call it. And you had actually asked Andy in a meeting as prep, like, hey, how do you guys do it? And then he he went off about it. But it's weird because he was, you could tell he he liked it, but he didn't like come out and say, let me buy you a copy of the book. Like now I must've sent like a half dozen people copies of this book. If it comes up, I just mail it to them. Cause I feel like so, so bought in, but he almost was like tempering himself because you were asking him about scrum and agile and all this stuff. And, uh, and then he's like, well, have you looked at traction? And he's like, you know, it's about the same, probably what you need. Anyways. Uh, I picked up that book on some trip. Nicole and I were taking, we were on a plane. We were somewhere. going to Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Last December for the race. Yeah. Okay. So we do a race every December in Phoenix, except this year since it's canceled for the first time ever. Which is a bummer. Well, I remember it differently, but I I do remember you're definitely accurate. It was a question like we were kind of interviewing him or I was about how they were operating with their growth and stuff. But uh, the part that I remember differently is the level of enthusiasm he he showed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I remember him lighting up. But you know, uh, well, who knows? Yeah, it didn't light up my world. But what I was going to say is when I was on the plane, I must have been only like 35 pages into the book and I immediately pulled up Southwest Wi-Fi and started finding like Googling 90, like how to, how to organize traction. I was like, there has to be an app for this because there's no way I'm, I'm printing all these sheets because it says bring this sheet to every meeting. I'm like, not going to work for me because um, I make fun of you for using a printer all the time. It's on your damn desk over here and uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't revert to paper now. Uh, really laziness, I guess. Yeah. So Nicole, you're saying Salesforce, you know, I can't even remember that. I, I, we were working on it before last year, but you're right. We didn't have like, it wasn't set up as our task management system. Right. I think we like beta launched it January, February did okay. But I feel like March is when I remember it really clicking on like now everything is done in Salesforce and Taskray. And set the stage here, Reed. I think you probably know better than all of us, but at uh, when we started 2019, I think your poem says we had uh, nine people. And so what did we start 2020 with? Well, we had 19, um, or actually I take that back. We had 18 in December, but then we hired four. Like it, so, I mean, I think you have to say, where did we end December? And I show it, us at 18. We, we had a few other people. Um, so I want to say that in that poem, you know, I referenced maybe 2022, 20, but you know, we, we were counting some of our contractors um, and we don't take that lightly, you know, like some of the full-time contractors, as part of the digital family. So the number might've been a little bit higher, but when it comes to actual like full-time employees, it was either 18 or 19 in December. And right now we're at 46, I believe. Not counting contractors. Right. Not counting contractors with contractors. We're, we're, I think 49. Yeah. Like, and when I say that again, I mean, full-time. Yeah. Yeah. Not part-time. Contractors. Yeah. So that's Jack Emmanuel and, um, and fed. Yeah. Um, so, to think about it, like on the services side of the company to have, even if it's just 19 people, but not having like a, you guys worked all of your tasks out of a Google sheet before Google sheet. And we actually had a physical whiteboard that you would go up to and write down your campaign information, launch dates and like to do's. And then someone else would come over and cross it out when it was done. And so Adam and I often joke, we're like, remember the whiteboard? <laughs> like that was insane that we were, you know, doing so much physically on a whiteboard. I remember you guys being excited about presenting that and I was excited to see it. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what day that was. And I, I, I think it was Adam, but he's like, Hey, look, we got it figured out. Come here. Let me show you. <laughs> let me show you something. <laughs> and I look up there and I was like, Holy shit. We're, we quickly ran out of room. On the yeah, we're, 
We're working off a whiteboard. That's great, Adam. <laughs> this is my masterpiece. And the whiteboard can only hold like 10 or 11 accounts like at a time. Yeah. It, so it, we were constantly like removing things. and Yeah. And now you guys are like like launching like 30 accounts in a month all the time. So there's no way we could have like existed. beyond. I, it's just remarkable we went that long with it. And now I can't remember before it as much as I hate sales for, for it. I feel like I'm the biggest anti-salesperson of Salesforce. I don't know what the right term would be, but I am so anti-them, anti but yet it's like there's no other way we figure out how to run this thing besides using them at the moment. So You're yeah. pretty much the biggest critic of all the most like reputable known softwares in the world. <laughs> like You can't stand QuickBooks. You can't stand Salesforce. Yeah. And I understand, and, and, I understand why. It just makes me laugh, you know. Then you'll find this like little tool, like a 90, and it's like best thing ever. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because this weekend I was showing Nicole a new email system instead of Gmail. There you go. <laughs> I made her watch like a 20-minute like demo and like Gmail sucks. This is how you do things. <laughs> and then she she did wake up though, like Sunday or something, and she was like, I can't stop thinking about superhuman. Yeah. I mean, just the... I was searching for something in Gmail the other day and it says a pain point for me because it tries to load all the attachments and client emails. I'm like, I just need to find this one thing. And it took me like five minutes just to pull it up. And one of the um, benefits of this new system is like just this, the quickness of it. So it's like, oh, I wish I had that right now trying to search in Gmail. All right. Well, that's a topic for another day. So um, I think you two are right. I can't go against like, I'll have to lean with Reed on EOS being the number one, just because it's like, now I'm like, this is how you build a company. Like if I, if we ever started another company, it immediately EOS start and 90 start from day one. There's no other question to me. Whereas Salesforce would be a question mark. Like, okay, mm -hmm. do we start on day one with this? Well, people might be surprised that we're not saying the pandemic. And I think, I don't know if we want to transition there this right away or, but you know, it, it, it had a dramatic impact on us culturally, I'd say, and, and not meaning in a negative way, but certainly like every other company for the most part, you know, having to deal with that and everybody working remotely and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I just, I don't want to spend a lot of energy there. Um, but I think the interesting thing is, is it, it obviously had a lot of adverse effects on, on most businesses. Certainly there were some categories um, that were less uh, impacted and, and we were one of them, but I, I don't know that that's true uh, across the board, meaning other companies like within the industry didn't have as, as much uh, or were able to get through this as easily as we did. You know, the question I still ask myself, I don't know if you guys do, but in some way did it accelerate things for us? Obviously we had a crazy year and it's not over. Um, as far as our growth. And most people, when we do have those conversations, just assume somehow, some way, it's a big part of what propelled us forward. I I tend to you know say that it wasn't. And that's why, again, it wasn't on my list as kind of number one thing or even 1A. So, and Nicole didn't have it. I mean, she had Salesforce next. So, and yet here we are in the middle of like the worst pandemic in a century. It just, it's interesting to me, you know, I feel like all the work that we've put in, I've said this several times, but all the content, the referrals, um, you know, just the good work that we do is, is what kept multiplying and multiplying. And that's why we got into this industry in the first place, you know, is we knew it could work that way if, if we were successful early on that we build that critical mass. So I think it's really interesting. Well, <clears throat> if you were to describe the pandemic in a word as it applied to digital, how would you? Inconsequential. <laughs> How many other people do you think could say that right now? That's why I said it. <laughs> partly for effect, but partly because I believe it. I, I, uh, I don't think, like I said, I, I don't think it really hurt our culture um, the way it probably hurt a lot of companies. Um, it didn't have really an impact, certainly on our growth. Um, for the most part, our clients, you know, kept doing what they were doing. So, I mean, certainly it, it got into our psyche and stuff, but, um, when I think about what it meant to our company, I, I, I stand by that. I think it was relatively inconsequential. Well, I can't spell that word, so I got to pick a different one. Um, I mean, I don't know, have a word for it, but I will say that I think, I feel like the biggest impact COVID had on us was simply the hiring. There is so much great talent went on the market when this hit because unfortunately marketing gets hit pretty hard usually. And so a lot of folks from other agencies just, just opened up and the floodgates opened. So Nicole, I don't know if you have a word for it, but I feel like you had probably the most interviews of anybody at the company this year. So I'd 
I feel like that's got to strike you. Is yeah, I actually um, was talking about this in my department meeting the other day. We were just talking about just accomplishments and what you're proud of. And um, for me, it keeps coming back to being able to maintain the culture despite going full remote. And I think a lot of that just speaks to our core values where it's like you're, we're still demonstrating authenticity, focus, humility, like that comes across from day one, whether you're physically in person with someone or you're starting remote. So I think when everything first hit, I was, you know, terrified to bring people on in a remote environment where it's like I had people relocating to Denver, you know, going into quarantine, trying to get up to speed with a new company, meet the team. And I've just been really happy with how they've been able to just kind of, you know, assimilate into our culture, what feels like seamlessly. I mean, there's definitely stuff that our team is missing out on that didn't have the in-person experience. But I think for the most part, we've been able to maintain our culture. Oh, I still am trying to get you to say your fun fact of how many interviews you gave this year. Oh, <laughs> when I pulled it last week, I was at 86 interviews. Yeah. 86 interviews. That's unbelievable. So I'm just saying like COVID, as far as like an impact, I feel like it, it was the talent that more than anything, but I think you're right, Reed, like outside of that, it feels like, I mean, the rest is kind of the same tr trend we've seen seen prior. So we were just one of the really fortunate ones that didn't have a, a negative impact. Yeah. And I obviously don't want to come off in any way as like uh, unsympathetic, you know, to, to what happened. I'm just back to our values, like being authentic. Like that's, that's really the way I see it. You know, I, I agree with you though. I don't know how to put that in one word because neither of you used one word to describe the pandemic. Um, but uh, we did see more talent or get our hands on more talent than we probably would have uh, were it not for the pandemic. Well, um, moving into, um, I guess, like I hit, I hit memory a little bit ago. I don't know if you guys have a, a greatest memory of the year. Um, I feel like, or like a biggest thing or what, what strikes you the most. But yeah, do, do you guys have a memory that's sticking with you for the year? For me, it has a lot to do with the new office. So HQ3, I know we haven't really been able to enjoy this place, but um, I remember the feeling when I came in and saw the murals on the wall and the digital colors and um, all that we had done. And I feel like that that stuck with me when I was thinking back to just key memories for the year. Um, I don't know if I would say that was my number one, but that definitely came up. Yeah, I think that that is my number one too. Uh, finding a home that at least we believe will be able to support us, and of course we had to add this other suite, but that we can stay and grow in uh, for the next few years was a great feeling, and it's got such character. I mean, we were really worried about that, leaving uh, such a cool kind of boutique, small boutique agency vibe uh, that we had uh, off Broadway. We got to stay on Broadway and have this old whatever it was jc penny or sears building from 1922 and um the uh the guys that were in it you know that that currently had occupied it uh ended up building out the other side which we basically found or we knew we wouldn't be able to do like be able to support that with uh the cash flow we had so we were just crazy lucky that it all worked out the way it did and now i couldn't be happier so i still get chills really uh pretty much every time i walk in and I am very much anticipating that moment, you know, when when the staff is all back and, you know, I hope the three of us can get a chance to just smile at each other, decompress and say, holy shit, you know, this is amazing. Um, I think the other one for me, though, uh, was hitting 10 million. And I know we don't like to and we shouldn't you know, talk too much about uh, those types of numbers or our numbers, but I don't mind saying like that was a pretty damn big milestone. You know, I remember when we were like just counting checks, um, hoping that we'd get two or three, you know, like checking three or four times. It felt like a day, uh, you know, in our first year, just trying to get by. And then, you know, we, we were like, Hey, we're going to hit a hundred grand, like in monthly revenue. And then we just kept adding and adding. And then it was like, well, when's the next big milestone? And before we knew it, I feel like instead of like the next mill, it was like, hey, we're going to hit 10 mil. And uh, so that was a really big moment. And it was one of many that I wish we had gotten to celebrate properly. Um, but becoming an eight figure, you know, size company, uh, that's a big deal. You know, what's funny about that is <clears throat> that has been part of the impact. I mean, culture as a company, I feel like we've kept, but as far as 
for myself, like I don't, I'm not great at, at trying to hold on to these moments. It's like something happens and I'm just like immediately, all right, what's next? Um, and usually I feel like you and Nicole do a good job of grounding me to say like, Hey, let's, you know, let's toast to this for a minute or let's think about this. And without being, without, with being remote, I, I haven't really been able to let those things sink in. So I don't know if it was at the 10 million mark or if it was at the 12 million mark or whatever, but I remember you just sent a Slack message and it was like, and it was like a Slack message that was like, 10 million or 12 million or whatever. And then it was like a fist bump. And I was like, is that what we've come to these days? Like <laughs> you used to celebrate when we got like another 10 grand or something. I know Miranda's made that point known as well. She's like, so what, what, do, what do you guys celebrate now? Is it every five? And I mean, you know, we don't want to, I guess, su- somehow convey the wrong message here or idea about our growth and, and all that. Um, it, it's just to say, yeah, like we went from, going to the mailbox to saying, Hey, each hundred thousand to then a million. And then, you know, it's like we blinked and we hit to, we hit the 10 and obviously we're not looking back, you know, and we'll see what we accomplish next year. But, um, you know, I, I think it's a big, big deal. And I said this and I wish, you know, we were one month away cause this truly would have been on my list pretty high up. Obviously I've become somewhat obsessed with this, uh, you know, fortune or whatever the ink, ink, sorry, ink 5,000. But if if we had started the company one month earlier, one month earlier, we would have appeared number sixty three, I think, um, on the uh, the fastest growing private companies in America over the last three years. That's pretty pretty cool feeling. Just uh, yeah, just needed to found it one month earlier. So a couple of things you're saying that one month earlier because that's their time frame. It's so a we three year. Them. Yeah, you have to make over or you have to bring in over a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Um, you know, in that first year to qualify and it has to be in March and we found it in April. So you don't have to have the hundred in March, just at the end of the year, you have to have done a hundred thousand in revenue and then, uh, it's three years. So 17, 18 and 19. Yeah. And the thing with the, with the revenue number for, uh, for, I don't know, those listening for us, I think anyone listening probably knows we're not a sales driven organization. You can imagine that we don't do like rah, rah (laughs) rallies around, get more accounts. In fact, we're, that doesn't, um, that doesn't happen at all. It's just more about the security. So it, um, Adam, who was our first employee besides the three of us, um, is still with us. And he hit his three-year anniversary last Friday, right? And so he was employee number four. And with him, we were just like, how the heck can we get the stability, <laughs> right? We were just like, how can we make sure that we don't die on the vine? And so, uh, f- you know, the tracking of the revenue was like, how do we get, how do we hit this mark so that we know that we're we're stable, secure, and we don't have anything to worry about anymore. And unfortunately, like our, I guess, appetites, uh, as far as like the investments we want to make keep growing. So that keeps getting pushed further, <laughs> further and further out. I think at first read, you were like, we just need to hit like 140,000 and we'll be good. And yeah. Yeah. I think the first legit number I threw out was 175. I was like, we're home free at that point. <laughs> and now I'm still having to throw numbers like that out at uh, you and Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, for memory, for me, that's, I think you're right. Mostly about the office. It's actually like when, uh, we had most people in the office, just a few remote and we had to use the microphone to actually hold our Monday stand up. I think for me, that was like, wow, this actually starts to feel like, I mean, you're starting to feel more energy, more buzz of people. So I'm sure there's a different memory, but I think since Nicole has planted that in my mind about the office, that the fact that we had to get a microphone really hit me. Um, so how about uh, biggest surprise? I mean, I, I have four things here, so <laughs> this is my third thing. So what is your biggest, uh, is there a big surprise that comes to mind from this year? And I guess it's probably convenient to do, uh, to, to hit COVID. So I was going to say outside, outside the pandemic. Yeah. Go ahead, Nicole. Wow. Um, I mean, I feel like I could take a cop-out answer and talk about the revenue because I feel like this we blew past projections. So that was a huge surprise. And I would say the team growth, I wasn't expecting um, the team to grow as much, um, obviously, as a result of the revenue. But I think all of the growth has been a huge surprise for me looking back. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> not to make this an uninteresting podcast and <laughs> basically just repeat what Nicole's saying. It, it's hard for me to think of a, a bigger surprise. And you guys know, I mean, I had high expectations. We all did, you know, and believed in ourselves and knew like if we started to catch fire, so to speak, you know, that, that we probably do really well in this industry. But um, yeah, I, I had my doubts 
uh, you know, about getting, getting to 7 million, um, much less where we are today. So just kind of mind blowing the growth. Yeah. I'll say, uh, kind of take it a slightly different angle, but I expected like something to go wrong. Like, I, <clears throat> I mean, we've been doing this now, obviously three, three and a half years and it, it just seems like we're due to trip on something or fall over something. And not that we've been like flawless. It just means strategically from major strategic decisions, we haven't fallen down and from market conditions, we haven't been impacted. So, um, I mean, it's kind of going with the growth, but it's more about the fact that we don't have that, that it just hasn't gone, gone the other direction at some point. Um, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. It's a natural feeling. You know, we talked to another founder of, uh, another, ad tech um that's in multifamily but is in other industries and you know his his surprise the one that you're kind of saying well you weren't expecting us to suddenly plateau or go backwards but that that did happen for him and his company after a ton of growth and so that is certainly a worry um i didn't expect the bubble to burst maybe uh you know like in 2020 but um i did figure there'd be a few more kind of hiccups along the way and, uh, you know, we're lucky that, 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 that didn't happen. I, I don't want th- this to come off as negative anyway, but, um, I will say a surprise for me is that we, we weren't able to really build on the momentum, uh, that we had built up with Fiona. So, um, I'm still super, you know, obviously motivated, encouraged, and, and I know we all are about where we're going to take that, that platform, but, um, I had expected, I'll say, after where we were going into 20, that uh, we were going to double or triple our account volume there. And I think the pandemic may have had a tiny piece of that, but um, really it was just also, hey, you know, we got some more work to do, some things to think about if we're really going to be able to scale this the way we thought. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a great point. I'd say like... I mean, if you think going into the year, I definitely would have, uh, I guess I, you could count that as biggest surprise. Uh, I really, I thought things were going to hit with a little bit more steam than they had, but um, the whole uh, conference circuit being shut down and like travel to clients being shut down. It's funny because like in some, there's winners and losers of, of I guess like moments like this, right? Like Zoom obviously is a big winner, but uh, then, you know, but then it also, um, there's like, there's like two reactions. P- often people will, will say, Hey, we got to try something else because something's changed and we got to try something else. And sometimes people say we got to try something new. Right. Um, and Fiona is definitely one of those new things. And most people haven't felt like, Oh shoot, it's time to try something new. In fact, it seems like most clients, their immediate reaction was to turtle up and say, we need to do more of what we know have has worked and, uh, and not take too many risks. So, um, feels like that was definitely was a victim and we'll see if we can pick that momentum back up next year or if it's you know just faded from memory because you don't get to build on um you know that that event uh, buzz mm-hmm. well <clears throat> and i have one more and then i'm sure you guys have some but uh reed this is always this is always your question but you made a bold prediction last year and so far it hasn't panned out so <clears throat> what do you have for 21 well if that was about you guys expecting um <laughs> I I believe that was was wasn't that my prediction? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I thought that was the end of eighteen into nineteen. No way. Was he that wrong? <laughs> I don't think so, Nicole. You guys weren't even married yet. <laughs> so I'm I'm probably just gonna carry that over, but I it becomes less bold every year. Um so yeah, I'm I, give me a second to think about that. I should have right. anticipated yeah, that question. I did anticipate that question, but I still don't have my answer prepared. I have an answer. Well, if I flip it backwards for a second, do you have a uh, surprise or an industry surprise from 2020? Um, I don't know if I would bucket this under industry surprise, but came to mind when you were talking through the conferences and Zoom, because I do think the conference circuit definitely impacted what our expected growth on Fiona was. I think, you know, the brand speaks for itself and that repetition definitely helps getting in front of clients. And then, you know, we usually see um, some new portfolios try the platform out after those conferences. So I definitely think that helped. But going back to the Zoom thing, I've been surprised by how um, we've still been able to build personal relationships through Zoom and sometimes even better than 
before. So I think Zoom has forced us all to be like on video nonstop where that wasn't really our company culture before the pandemic. With whether it was client calls, in-person meetings, on our remote days, we just, you know, we're rarely on video. And I feel like um, the pandemic has forced us all to be video first. And that has helped us build even more personal relationships with each other, but with clients, whether that's, you know, you're talking about clients with, you know, their dogs, kids, family in the background, you're kind of just seeing another side of them that you wouldn't normally see. And then I think specifically on your team, David, you've done a great job with your uh, MTV Cribs, or basically how your team does uh, house tours for like just team building. And it's like, that would have never happened. You never really saw someone's personal life, um, you know, from a work capacity. So I feel like that really has helped us build more personal relationships. And so I think that's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Eddie just flew back to Boston to spend out the rest of the year. He's on the organic social team and uh, he's, he didn't think about this ahead of time, but he had to, he's quarantining at his like family summer cabin, like somewhere deep two hours from Boston. And he's like, he had to fly in, drive to the, whatever the testing place. And he didn't remember that it was going to take five days. So he's like, he had to drive two hours to the testing place and then drive back to the, to this cabin where he's like living alone in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And when I, when I say, yeah, when I saw him on zoom, he had like a total, like, uh, like wood, like deep wood paneling, like you would imagine, like, you know, someone living deep in the woods being at just, I, at first I thought it was just Eddie's, uh, Eddie's like childhood home. And I was like, wow, Eddie, I did not picture this as what your mother's home was going to be when you, when you started. But yeah, he did a crib to that. He should put a sign crystal Lake, you know, uh, by the front door <laughs> Friday the 13th in case you didn't catch that one, David. We just had to watch that. Like, uh, no, no, no. We just watched Halloween. That's what we did. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my surprise is, is similar, Nicole. I actually thought, I think we said this on one of the podcasts late last year, Reed, but I, I was just expecting momentum to pick up on like um, GDPR and fair housing to where like all of this compliance stuff was going to be really big in 2020. And I feel like it got derailed because of the COVID, everyone having to, to pull policies together, get remote showings together and all that stuff. But I had just, I was really surprised. I didn't think anything could stop this. Cambridge Analytica style scandal of stuff. But I'll say on the positive note, Nicole, I totally agree with you on Zoom. <clears throat> I think I said this like, I don't know, a couple months in, but we had always been trying to get your team to be on video for every call that they did to build relationships. So I couldn't have imagined a scenario where all of a sudden clients felt comfortable getting on getting on Zoom or whatever, getting on video. I just always thought clients are going to be the awkward like black box with their name and are never yep. going to share. But now I have clients that are joining me like in their you know sweatpants and and whatever kids running around in the background and they just don't even care. So I you want to talk like a leap for, I don't know what could have done that to the world. Even if it was like the year 2030 or 2040, I don't imagine another thing that could have happened that caused all of a sudden everyone like as a, I guess a larger community to yeah. come more together and be less embarrassed about and putting less fronts up than they used to. Yeah. Well, I'll add a pleasant small surprise, <clears throat> even though I had been talking about it with you guys since, uh, I think I brought it up at Wahoo's, uh, you know, in our first 30 days. But as you mentioned, I was desperate and thinking of ways to to make us look bigger than we were or get some content out. So I started with fake LinkedIn people or alleged, <laughs> alleged was said to do that. Not confirmed. Yeah. Um, it didn't actually happen. But then the other idea floated among probably 80 at that in those first 90 days was a comic strip. And um you guys got a kick out of it then. And we kind of laughed it off like a lot of things, but that's, what's cool about doing your own company is you get a chance to come back to some of that stuff and get it off the ground. And so, uh, I felt like we were really lucky to find Joel. He's a really great, uh, cartoonist. And then obviously our secret weapon or not so secret is Rachel. She's just terrific. Um, so collaborating with them and getting that going and then keeping it going has been fun. So it was a nice surprise. Yeah. Uh, that was at Wahoo's Fish Tacos downtown. And uh, man, I miss, I mean, back to like missing things. Like I miss like going into the office and being able to go out and get like Payway or, or Garbanzo or whatever as a full company. We'd go as a full, like four people basically and go get the stuff and just spitball for uh, a lunch session. And I feel like that part of the brainstorming spitballing um, routine is kind of like fled because now we're all just running back to back with Zoom meetings all the time. Totally. 
Well, um, did you come up with your bold prediction? <sighs> um, none of these are super exciting, but they, you, I guess you could call them bold. Um, but I, I'm going to actually go with uh gray star. I'm going to, I'm going to say we're going to be a preferred vendor by the end of uh, 2021. All right. Be warned, uh, you know, add taxi and W promote, promote and conversion logics. We're coming for you. <laughs> Just want to join the, the birthday party. Well, Nicole, what do you have? I don't have anything exciting. Um, what comes to mind is just the growth of different service opportunities. So we talk a lot about, you know, ILS management. We have a few beta clients on that, but that would be a bold prediction for me is that that takes off in 21. Oh, ILS management. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, I guess like to, to your guys point, it's funny. Like um, I realized on the, on the podcast we were releasing or just released or whatever it was, we just recorded read. I was like, yeah, well, you know, of course Amazon's going in the healthcare and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was like two days later, Amazon officially announced going in the healthcare. And I was like, this, ep- this episode's airing, that episode is airing right after I make that like prediction. And so now it's going to be like, yeah, that wasn't super smart. It seems so obvious. But at the time that I said it, I was also like, well, this is just happening. Amazon's going in the healthcare. Uh, and, uh, well, what? I, I don't want to, uh, you know, pee in your Cheerios, <laughs> but they, that had been like talked about, you know, I don't know if you're yeah. basing it off of that, like more the timing of it, but uh, I had heard heard that a couple of years ago, actually, I think the first time on NPR. Yeah, well, when they bought the company PillPack or whatever it was, and they started shipping like your daily pills and like a sealed thing, I was like, well, that's done. That means it's, they're, they're not just going to like tiptoe into that. Um, it, like the, to become like more of a total pharmacy uh, is what the more major announcement was, but it just seems so obvious. So all I'm saying is like, things just seem obvious, like, you know, when they, uh, like once they happen. So I don't feel like I have a super obvious thing. I guess I'll just keep betting on kind of a little bit what, what you guys are saying. Like, um, uh, you know, the, as you're saying, growth of, of, of other services, Nicole, I just feel like the compliance stuff is going to get bigger and bigger. Like, so even though GDPR and, and CCPA were kind of like, you know, slowed down a little bit this year in fair housing, I think that's just going to become bigger, bigger next year. But as far as like a, a bold, uh, prediction for the company. I, I almost don't even want to put this negative juju out in the air, but I, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, dude, I just don't know that we're, so as you guys mentioned, we got this office space, right. And we ended up as Reed sort of hinted at, we had to get a second office space right after we got this one to, to host all the, the people. But I just don't know that we're going to finish that this office space in the next year, meaning that we're going to like get all the walls torn down get it all built up and uh and have people in there but i think it's because like the the pandemic i feel like could just kind of linger and, and have all of these li- the continued lingering impacts so reed you've tried to do find contractors to help make sure that suite doesn't stay unoccupied forever but i just feel like like we're not going to be their first choice when they come back <laughs> when contractors get back on the market i feel like they've got all this other pent up demand that they're going to jump into and it's not like we're going to get in a bidding war for them to come and like tear down our wall and and stuff so i i guess i'm just saying i don't think we're going to finish that unless it it's like you me and lurch decide to like get out the, the ladder and try to knock <laughs> knock a 40 foot drywall down on our on our own <laughs> yeah well it depends you have to define finished i do think the wall will be knocked down i think the lights will be up i think uh the paint will be up and i do think we'll get the desks in there but there's smaller stuff that makes you know, any place feel really complete. And so we might not quite get to all that. I mean, we obviously have to factor for cash flow too, but I'm still counting on our man DW. Um, you know, he, he got us a quote and that's why I know it's not all going to happen at once, but, uh, but, uh, I think, yeah, what I said, I think we'll have that done. I'm going to say by the end of April. Wow. Wow. All right. Well then I'll give a good bull prediction. I'll give a fun one. I mean, yeah, that is, I like his putting himself out there. Uh, my fun one is you got the comic strip done this year. So by the end of next year, I I think we will have started work on my Crank Yankers uh, knockoff. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Um, and obviously, we know a couple of people we can tap on that. So I, I'm going to carry forward, though, like from more a personal level. I, I still think, uh, yeah, Nicole's, I'm going to be seeing a sonogram at some point next year. Uh, I stick with that. Stay by it. 
We've got to come to you one of these days, right? Yeah. You say it long enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, broken clocks, right? Twice. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, those are my four main questions of the year. I had, certainly had other notes of other fun things that we did. Uh, I think one of the fun facts of the year, though, Reed, is you mentioned that you don't, you don't think you traveled once for work this year. Yeah. I mean, I didn't quite keep up with you and Nicole in 19, but I wasn't far behind you. You know, I went on obviously a lot of the same trips and went on a, a one or two, I think, independently. But um, yeah, I, I don't remember doing anything uh, in those first couple months. And then it all hit in March. So pretty dramatic change from wh- where we were in a year ago. I remember David was on a client trip in March when we called him. And we're like, we think we have to shut everything down when COVID was first hitting. You were, I think you were in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah. And I went down into the basement to take the call and I was like, this is like the third piece of big news you guys gave me while I was out of the office. And I, it's the first time I went on a trip without either of you. Uh, since we started the company, I was like, what the hell's going on when I leave the company? You guys want to shut it down? <laughs> I was like, can you not wait till I get back on Thursday to talk about this? Yeah, you got a, a few unwelcome probably uh, ideas or messages that that stretch. But I, yeah. I will, I mean, I was going to say, what are some of the funniest moments uh, or the funniest moment you can remember? And it wasn't the one moment, but it was kind of like, you're ongoing, like this is, all being blown out of proportion. <laughs> like I look back at that. It's almost like my, some of my bold predictions, you know, that kind of fell, fell flat. Like <clears throat> David was constantly like in the first like 30 days, like, I'm just not worried about it. Like you guys, this just isn't going to be a big thing. It's like the flu kills more people. It's, it's not <laughs> like, and then, and then finally, you know, and I don't actually, I do think I remember what really got us going. And I, I won't name names, but I think it's when we had our first scare, but that was when uh, I remember us getting super serious, super fast about how we were approaching it. Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, we, we kind of got it in gear. Well, I also think it's just good to note that I remember I picked you up from the airport that Thursday. Um, and then that was the last time we were all in the office together. So everyone was packing their desks and that was in HQ one and we were all like, see you guys in two weeks. We're going to shut down the office for two weeks. Who knows when we'll be back, I'm sure, as many people can relate to. But then the lease on this new office started, I think, like the set March 17th or something. And so no one ever went back to that old office. So just crazy to think about. Yeah. And then we didn't, I mean, I don't know how long it was before we even got to two teams. I mean, that's the saddest part of this whole thing, right? With the office is you're exactly right on the lease date. and then. Um, Gosh, it, it felt like maybe June before we started doing the stage, like teams coming back in office. And I remember having one day and that was one of my happiest moments like this year was, I think it was, uh, even though it wasn't the normal schedule, but I want to say it was client services and paid media together. Um, I may have that wrong, but there was just one day where I saw like 15 people, <laughs> 15, right? Out of, you know, now almost 50, but there was a buzz and energy. And, um, I just remember telling you guys that like, it felt awesome. And I was like crossing my fingers that we were going to be able to keep going down that path. But then we had a couple of more scares and the rest is history, right? Like we are where we are now. Yeah. Um, you actually just reminded me like one of my biggest surprises of the year, uh, would be when we came in on like October 1st or whatever. And you, you and your family had decorated the office in Halloween. Mm. And I like, because like the office is like a ghost town because no one's ever here. I couldn't believe I, so couldn't believe you guys took your weekend to do that. And then the fact that you kept it hidden and didn't say anything. And then like, nobody ever comes in the office. So why even decorate it anyways? But you guys totally like decked out uh, both two stories of the entire office, putting rats and skeletons and whatever (laughs) all over the place. Yeah. Well, part of that's also when you are dealing with COVID in a family of five, like any opportunity to get out and do something <laughs> like it wasn't hard to get my girls excited about that. Plus Halloween's one of their favorite, like close number two to Christmas. So they were like, can we put these rats and like, you know, this stuff in that desk. And I was like, yeah, knock yourself out. You know, I'm going to, I'll take care of the lights. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We, I also did make a, a bet with my team. I was like, what, you know, over under chances that, uh, 
Halloween decorations are going to be up on like January 6th, <laughs> whenever we come back. <laughs> to a man, they were like 100%. No, I was going to say bull prediction 21. They're up all year. Yeah. Believe it. I actually oh. got uh, cited multiple times in my neighborhood for leaving Christmas lights up, you know, uh, year round. Like, Wyckoff over there just refuses to get back on the roof. <laughs> and uh, so I I did eventually take him down because we got sideways with our HOA in a big way, like on multiple things. But um, I just got back on the roof yesterday or two days ago. So we'll see how long those last. Wow. That's so funny because we didn't take hours. I mean, not like we have a lot of lights up. We had a railing done that you did. And we took it down in like July. Yeah, it was definitely summer. <laughs> but it was only it was only it's, I think the lights died eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's why I took them down. The lights the lights finally petered out and I was like, all right, this has gotta go. Well, another fond memory, not a surprise, but you know, we just didn't get a chance at much cultural stuff, obviously. Um, but we, we had two fun things. One was the draft house. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Um that was the most people I had seen. I didn't recognize half of them because of their mass or I hadn't actually seen them in person because we hired so many people during the stre- that stretch. But that was a blast having the, we watched 16 Candles in Jurassic Park. And then um, what was the other one? Oh, the comp- uh, conference room competition. I thought that was fun too, like seeing uh, all the teams put together their different rooms and then the videos uh, that were done, getting a vote on that. So I thought that was that was a great memory. Yeah. That was super cool. And you're right. I didn't recognize anybody. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know anyone, but I loved watching Jurassic Park in a theater. That was something I think I may have told you this story, Reed, but that came out in, I think it was 93. So I was in third grade and, uh, is rated PG 13. And I thought my parents would get arrested if I went and saw the movies. <laughs> so my, my sister was in second grade and she went and I was like, you're going to get our parents arrested. What are you doing? But they offered for both of us to go, but I was such a like an actual boy scout that I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go break the law and get you arrested. Yeah. So I stayed home and I was, she came back and she was like, tears had been running down her face from fright of the movie. Oh my <laughs> and I was like, what the hell happened in this film? Like, now I got to see it. And I had to wait till it came out on VHS for us to buy it. So I could go watch it. Too funny, man. Well, um, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's coming through, but like, just the exhaustion. I mean, this isn't a memory. It's just like, I will say like I'm limping to the finish line. Um, for the most part, I feel like our endurance has kept up well through the year, but, uh, I'm looking forward to some type of break. And then, you know, obviously as usual getting recharged for the next year, but part of that's also just the exhaustion of the pandemic, you know, it is just so fatiguing mentally. Um, and maybe, you know, that's the impact I said it didn't have. It's it's starting to get there with me. And I just can't wait uh, for so many obvious reasons uh, for this these vaccines, hopefully, to come and do the job um, and get, get people back in the office. But I really, I need that, you know, social interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think today, I told you, Reed, was the first time I felt like I had the case of the Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> like ever, you know, at the company. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be here. It was just that I could not get my energy up. I just felt so mm-hmm. like toast. Um, well, I have one more that used to pull on us all the time, Reed. And I'm curious, Nicole, you'll probably remember this, but uh word of looking forward into 21, what would be the word you would use to describe 21? What an air ball. I was going to let it hang. And I was like, people are going to think they're Spotify pause. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I, I was trying to be a gentleman, actually. Uh, no, I wasn't. I, I, I didn't have a word ready. I was going to let Nicole go first. Um, I'm going to say fair housing. <laughs> and you know what that means. It's interesting. You go with a product uh, or whatever, a uh, topic, I guess, more of the year. And that that's for the industry, reader or for the for us as digital more us as digital i i don't think the industry is gonna pay a whole lot more attention you know than they they did last year maybe a little bit if there's some more suits but um i'm pretty fired up as as you know and you are too just about uh what we'll be introducing next year guys i'm so like not prepared for this i was gonna say um i don't i can't think of a word right now but i think a lot of what we've done this year is um like foundation laying, whether it's like Salesforce, task rate, EOS, automation. Like I feel like we did a lot of kind of building the bones. And so I think we're just going to 
start to capitalize on that even more in 21. So I think there's going to be a lot of like just teamwork aspect. I think there's going to be a lot of gelling, clicking that goes on. Um, and then I arrived at the word training because we are making big investments on the training side. Um, so that doesn't seem as exciting, but I think that kind of wraps together this idea of like really um, being super solid on making sure all the growth that we've had um, is not only sustainable, but that everyone feels really good about what we've are building on from 2020. Nice recovery, Nicole. Yeah. It was a better time. Thank you. I'll take it. I think it's big for you to even say that you're not prepared. Usually you do the podcast, you're just freaking out internally, but you're getting comfortable. It's good. Well, mine is more personal than anything. I, I know that like whatever, like any anybody, like meaning any of the three of us, our energy can rub off on other people at the company, which has a cascading like avalanche effect on on the entire culture. So this is more for me personally, my, my word is lean back or whatever hyphenated word or whatever. And that's, you guys will know that because uh, generally when I'm in a meeting or in a conversation, I'm usually like leaning forward elbows on the table or whatever. And it's just like, it's just forward. And that can be, that can be rough on people. Uh, particularly as as we've grown. And so I want to try to do more of my lean back. So almost like what you're saying, Nicole, like letting letting the foundation and the bones just kind of like trust the, trust the process and the system and that I don't need to be continuing to push against this flywheel or whatever that we want to, analogy we want to use. It's not that it's going to stop like digitals, like as a company, the innovation or, or how we're pushing. I just don't want to continue to push and, and basically push people over. Well, do you guys have... Uh, any other memories that you want to bring up or, or things you want to hit real quick? Um, smaller, but you know, something that will, I guess, I don't want to say build on. That's not, that's not it, but, uh, what the hell is it? Icebreaker, um, and the summit. Um, you know, we did the icebreaker more as like preparing for the summit, but I thought that was a bunch of fun, uh, with the staff. So that's a fond memory, especially of course, some of the stuff Bailey was coming up with my nemesis. Um, but also my, well, I don't know. I, I'm going to be careful. I don't know what else to say to that. But, um, and then, uh, yeah, the summit. I, I was proud of us. You know, I, it was very, uh, as usual, kind of late plan, but um, came together well. And I think people were really happy with it, even though we didn't quite have as many at the VIP as we would have liked. I, I thought those were some pretty touching moments that we had with our clients. So I thought that was great. Anything else from you, Nicole? No, I think the summit's a great one. Um, I think everyone did a, a decent job too, like each department on some smaller team building activities. We had obviously the two big ones for the company, but um, whether it was like my team did a, a park day at Wash Park, where we all just kind of went out, social distance, hung out outside. I know Adam's team did like a barbecue. So I think we had small pockets of still team building and, and keeping the culture. So I think those were fun events. Well, <clears throat> last thing I have, I guess, is um, this is because I just wrote my, uh, what did I call it? I don't forget what I called Adam's note that I just wrote him, but uh, Ad, since Adam just hit his three year, we were had a, a quick, quick Slack conversation between the four of us. And so it was having me reflect back on when he joined us and we just, we didn't even really to call it that it was our office was a bit of a stretch. And I remember he came into the, um, to that big shared conference room or what was supposed to be a shared conference room, but really we just like, commandeered and owned in that uh, particle board office space that we had and you know I hate particle board <laughs> but I remember he sat across the table and we we interviewed him and I think you had brought me in for like the last interview I think you had talked to him once or twice before me and I um, we had had one prior employee that didn't work out for us uh, and that was like a flash in the pan and then he was uh, he was the first like long-term hire we actually had and I just remember thinking like well if this guy's crazy enough to take a, to take a shot on us, I guess like, um, I guess we should let him. <laughs> I was like, I guess he could do the job, but I didn't know. I have zero idea like where we would be now three years later. And just thinking specifically back to him, to his three year anniversary and to where we are now, if, if something had happened a year ago and we had, um, if I had passed on or we collapsed or whatever, the company sold or whatever, if we, st if we had pushed pause on the company at that time, I would have felt totally incomplete. But now looking at where we've come from, like when Adam first, you know, jumped in that office with us to where we are now, if we put pause on this, I don't feel as if I would have this 
chip on my shoulder or like unhappiness or this void or whatever. I feel and it's not to go. And I know, I feel like you said you hadn't seen this movie read, but Brewster's millions. Yeah. Did you yeah, see that? Okay. You remember how like he asked, I think I've brought this up before. He asked the, the decorator woman to build him the office of his dreams. And it takes her the whole damn movie to make him this office. And he, fi- and she finally passes it. And he's like, this is it. This is perfect. And then they're like, all right guys, let's take it all down. Cause that's, you know, whatever he has to give it all back. That's, I feel like that's kind of how I feel right now about the company. Like the culture is gelling so well, the people are developing so well. They're really, um, they seem really motivated and happy. And, and we have our, our infrastructure, you know, super baked out. Um, and so if we put pause or, or whatever, if I disappeared tomorrow, I feel like I'd feel, I feel good about it. And I'm not saying that as any kind of, because I'm reading that morbid book I told you guys about this morning. I'm just saying that I just feel really, really good about where we are. And I feel, um, I guess like more, I guess, complete, I don't know, career wise or however you want to say it. But I, I used to always carry this chip that I don't feel like I'm going to carry uh, that much longer. Well, that's awesome. You know, it's a, gotta be a big feeling and I more, more or less share it. You know, I, I want to, you know, I guess financially like turn the corner. Um, and I, I mean, for the company, um, you know, and, and you could say we could do that when we want. So that's part of what makes me feel better right now is if we really wanted to, to operate that way and manage it that way we could, but, um, we're comfortable still going, going, kind of pursuing that growth and letting things happen as they do. But, um, that'd just be the missing piece of the puzzle for me. Um, everything else I, I feel too, like I, I look around, especially at the leadership team. I love seeing that, you know, um, seeing some of the internal promotions some folks we brought in from the outside, but just seeing how much everybody's grown, uh, feels like, you know, we've been working together for 10 years, but it really hasn't been that long. So it's a, it's a great sign. And obviously when we are checking in on, on the happiness, like those pulse checks, uh, generally look really good. So it's definitely a, a good feeling. Cool. Well, um, I guess we should get out of here. All right. Peace.